glory to God. Hallelujah. So, for those who are not listening, we'll repeat this again. <laughs> there is a part of the Messiah we're listening. I mean, the, it is great to experience it or, or listen to it in a different way on YouTube, however. But there is a, there are several snippets that just come out alive and you want to say, oh, I wish so-and-so was here. I would lay hands on them right now and just claim this. But part of that, then they sing one part and the, and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. And the glory, I, I wish I could sing that. Michael, we may have to provide music sometime. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. Well, here the, that's part of the reference to this Luke chapter 2. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone Around, around them, round about them, and they were so afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Say, fear not. Fear not. <laughs> and there is a reason why, because it's so awesome, the glory shining around you. It's living, it's vibrating. And the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the angel said, Fear not. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. This shall be a sign unto you, you shall find the babe, wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And so, this is, it's talking about the babe, and, and it's really so in context for us, because we sent some emissaries, even this last week, yeah. to Washington, D.C., because we were releasing prayers and blessings for all the Supreme Court justices. But, but, you were there and some of the people, emissaries, if you will uh, share what yes, you shared something. Yeah, absolutely. We, we have uh, a few pictures. Um, we took a team of uh, folks, of watchmen um, up to D.C. That's their picture right there. For a supreme moment to pray and lead worship um, at the Supreme Court. And we are very fortunate. Um, we are a part, I'm on the board of something called Women for Great America. And um, we were issued the only public permit that was issued for uh, the entire uh, Capitol Hill area during this time. And so we had a gathering of saints from various places, various states, 
that had committed to come and pray Monday through Friday from 7 in the morning until 4 o'clock in the afternoon to pray and worship. There you see in the red coat, that's Andrea Lafferty, um, who is a dear friend ordained in this church and who um, heads up Women for a Great America. She is genuinely uh, our ambassador, an ambassador for the church in Washington, D.C. She and her husband, Jim, have for now for 40 years been faithful to hold the line for righteousness and godly values in our national government. Um, so we were there together with saints from various places uh, around, the, uh, around the United States and with Michael and Armand helping us to lead worship. And I think our testimony is that because we've been involved in this, like many of you, for 30 years now, that the atmosphere has genuinely shifted. And one of the things that we found this year was there was a sense of the glory of God resting around the presence of being there for prayer. And it was as though the voice that was heard was much more the voice of the Lord this year than the voice of protest, either for or against. It was very interesting. And we um, were tickled again and again uh, as things that we would declare from Scripture, the things we were praying, would become a prophetic word that suddenly would be manifest in the natural right in front of us there um, on the hill. And uh, one of those things was um, we noticed that the constituencies of the pro-abortion group that typically are loud and very rancorous in the tone and the spirit in which they are there, but the constituency itself is, for the most part, an aging constituency of kind of old white women. Sorry, but that's the truth. 30 years ago, you know, it was the young, you know, really rabid feminist kind of a thing, and now they're just kind of old. <laughs> but but from all, the, all races. Mostly white. Mostly. No, seriously. Mo the, you know, the protesters and stuff. And this is a fascinating thing, is that the constituency of pro-life is massive, and it's young. And it is very diverse. Yeah. Yeah, and um, we, we actually have a video of one of the, the groups that came as we were praying. And we just had declared the, um, the words from Malachi about turning the hearts of the sons to the fathers and removing the curse from the earth. And suddenly, you know, like the scene in the Lord of the Rings at the Battle of Helm's Deep where, you know, the good guys are there and they're holding the fort, but they seem to be outnumbered or something like that. And then suddenly the elves just come in droves and droves and droves. And suddenly all of these young kids, a particular constituency from Liberty University had sent 22 busloads of these guys. And um, just as we were prophesying about the young generation rising up, here they came just marching in droves and droves. And pop that video in, if you can, of uh, <laughs> one. And um, you can see us up on the side there. That's where our prayer place was. And then suddenly all these kids started coming. And they came and came and came and came and came. So 
the constituency is changing, the atmosphere is shifting, and we were there, we were able to listen live, like many of you hopefully got to hear the presentation in the court. And um, within 15 minutes after the hearing ended at noon, already the media, Associated Press particularly for in Washington, um, popped out an article that the headline read that the, con the court is signaling that they are likely to rule in favor of the Mississippi case. The Mississippi case at its core um, is the uh, fact that at 15 weeks in the womb, there is life and it is a whole human being with all of the organs, uh, all of the fingers, eyeballs, ears, all of that, and subject to physical pain, etc. The reason that's important is because that same thing of viability and when human life is actually in the womb is one of the core pieces that established Roe v. Wade. So if the Mississippi case is upheld, then potentially that undermines, once again, some of the key elements of Roe v. Wade. So um, it was, it's indeed a very significant time. The final decision will come in June. And um, uh, I think that's all that I'll say, with the exception of the fact, oh yeah, and we also um, attended a dinner at the Capitol Hill Club and um, were privileged to be uh, among some of the presenters there. And um, Ed, if you want to pop over to those pictures, um, had an opportunity. Michael and Armand led uh, in the blessing from a Steinway piano from the 1800s. So, so I'll, with that, I'll hand it over to you, Michael and Armin, Cindy, uh, Sarah, Nadira, if you're here, if you guys wanna just come and say a couple of things, that would be fantastic. Thank yeah, you so I'll, much. Yeah, I'll just, I'll be brief with my uh, words, but um, that piano was pretty cool, 1800s. Um, <laughs> but uh, um, besides that, um, we, we came with a lot of different things that we didn't know, uncertainties in terms of where we were going, what the atmosphere was going to be like, but truly it, there was an open heaven there. There was a real open place, and right there we were worshiping right next to the windows of the Supreme Court where the justices deliberate, where they meet there, those office buildings there, just right on the side of the Supreme Court, we were there worshiping and setting the atmosphere, the open heaven around there. And one of the instances that happened that I'll briefly share, um, I g had the privilege of leading worship throughout different times of the day, and others did as well. And there was a glory there, a glory like we have in the watch. And it was like, you know, it was wonderful for all of these different watchmen like Sarah and Cindy, Mary and Nadira Ar and Armin, uh, Pastor Bonnie. We came together as a watch Delta Force and when we came and worshiped the Lord together, uh, I didn't want to leave. I didn't want to leave. I just wanted to be in that <laughs> atmosphere of worship. In fact, Armin gave me a little thing like, you got you to gotta go eat lunch. You got to go. It's time to go. And I was like, I don't want to go. I just want to worship. I want to worship in that atmosphere. And in the afternoon while I was leading worship, there was an assignment of some of these pro-abortion marchers 
the women's march uh, that were there, they, their plan was originally to have thousands of them show up and literally surround and make a wall around the Supreme Court. And they had 48. Only 48 them. showed up. So they were just, you know, they'd, they went back and forth a little bit. They were just kind of marching back and forth, very small group. But we, you know, and throughout the time, I really sensed that we should exalt the name of Jesus. Yeah that in order to break these curses and principalities, we should just exalt him and lift him up. And as they were marching, we turned our speaker around to kind of point in that direction. And Pastor Bonnie read the scripture out of the mouth of babes and infants, you have ordained strength, and to silence the foe and the avenger. And so as she was declaring that, we began to sing, there's power, power, wonder-working power in the blood, in the blood of the Lamb. And we were just diffusing that atmosphere with the power of the blood of Jesus. And so, and at the back of that group, the real awesome thing was there was just, it's very comical. You see all these guys, these ladies marching. And in the back of it was this man who had a pro-life shirt in the very back of the group, pro-life flag, and was just waving it with joy and just waving to the song and just waving with us and just saying, we are still holding the line (laughs) as we worship the Lord. It was awesome. That that guy at the end, he was really ornery. What he did is he actually snuck in as the last protester. He had this massive pro-life sign and he was marching along with a big grin on his face going like we get the last word right here behind all of the the pro pro abortion protesters this is great we awesome. were laughing i'll go next oh, um, thank you, Norman. I, I, I can't help but just mention again the atmosphere that's there is just totally different than other times it's so open it's so free and there's truly a connection with the heavens and that is really amazing and uh, we so we were able to enter in just like Michael said like a SEAL team force and we didn't no one really for for our part for our part we were very um, we we did it just like a SEAL team very directed very on the pinpoint and another thing that was different from a protest atmosphere you don't have to protest when you're in the spirit. You only protest and get crazy when you're in the flesh. Wow. Because you can just declare, because you go to the heavenlies. It's a totally different idea. It's completely different. And when you're up there, the thing that you, that you see, you see these very, you see it's very sad that people would actually be into murdering children. I mean, you, your heart is completely turned to, Lord, have mercy on these people. That's really a sense that I got, which even like leaving, you know, yeah, those people, they're, they're idiots. They don't know what they're doing, you know. But the atmosphere was so changed up there. The spirit of Jesus Christ on the cross to make a change in our nation, his arms were wide open and he was going to make this start really happen. I was just stunned because I, I can be really carnal. <laughs> So, you know, just the whole spiritual thing was amazing that he was so present, so full of love, so full of mercy. And uh, we were, we were able to go right into the heavens and make those pinpoint declarations because we're not wrestling against flesh and blood, but against those principalities and powers. And they, 
definitely were weak and tired and the Lord is overcoming this in the name of Jesus in our nation. Amen. Yeah. Um, there was a time when uh, people were either walking around, praying, or at lunch, and Mary and I were there on the field. <laughs> and um, I just kept seeing a picture of the Holy Spirit hovering, like I could see the sparkly mist of him and his presence. And as I was seeing this in the spirit, the worship leader at the time started to sing it, the hovering mist, the hovering spirit of the Holy Spirit. So I was like, okay. I'll pray. <laughs> so I prayed that and decreed it over that area. And as I did that, I just came, I started reading the beginnings of Genesis where the Lord did speak, let there be light. And just started praying um, light over the justices that they would be light. And one of the things I felt was really awesome is that the prayers were prayers that were, yes, it was targeted, but it was targeted in the night season and, and, and talking about just ministering to them as a whole as a person and I thought that's what we're supposed to do like that's the gospel it's not just this is yes this is a huge mission that we're taking on but it's also right. for the souls of men and women so I was like all right that's awesome and um and one other thing is you know as we were worshiping the other ones it was just so it was like a swarm of bees in the in this far corner and, and it was such a huge contrast between our setup and like what was happening over there and i thought that is like the spiritual picture of the hour amen this the spiritual picture of where we were versus them was the biggest piece for me as well. I really appreciated where Andrea chose to to put us, and um, we were not the largest group, but we didn't really need to be the largest group because we were there in the glory and with the Holy Spirit with us. And even just where we were, it was such a contrast you know, you could just tell the contrast, even though there were so many righteous people on the steps. And that's what you saw if you watched anything. You saw the steps. You didn't see where we were. And that was even the picture. We didn't need to be seen, you know. Um, and for me, as I was worshiping, um, it was really neat. Even believers were walking through that weren't with our group. And one couple came over to me and we're just asking, because we took our flags with us, and they were just asking, well, what is this flag for? Because all the other banners and flags besides our area were for you know, a purpose, a mission. They had a very illogical statements on them, um, and for the most part. Good statements, but very <laughs> illogical statements. Um, I told them, I said, I should have taken pictures so I could have my class dissect them in syllogism form, because they were so wrong. But um, yes, that's where I went in my mind. But it was so beautiful just to tell her, well, this is a flag of worship. And she, as she, you could tell she was a believer. She was with the right, you know, she had all the right things. But it was just so fun to even just minister to the believers with our statements. Um, and we, that wasn't our purpose. Our purpose was to worship. But just to share with her, and she just kept asking more questions because she's not used to worshiping with flags. And so that was even just a fun an extra, you know, the lanyap. We were not there for that purpose. Um, 
you know, and I really appreciated Andrea had given us these bookmarks, which called our attention to the nine. And I think that focused several of us on, we were praying for the nine. And so while I was worshiping, she had asked us with the flags to go over to this spot where it would be directly in front of their windows. And so the flags would maybe catch their eyes to just draw them to see the worship. And so I was just worshiping in front of the windows and calling them each by name and calling them back to their jobs. Of the to justices. Love, the justices, yes. So saying, you know, Justice Sotomayor, love justice, love mercy, walk humbly before your God. So do, um, Justice Coney Barrett, love justice, love mercy, walk humbly before your God. And just speaking over each of them. And so I would encourage you, um, the other prayer the Lord gave me that I didn't pray out because I told Pastor Brown, I was like, I wasn't exactly sure if it was proper. But um, I think it is because we confirmed it probably is, is you, we need to keep praying for them like Pastor Bonnie said. And I won't say too much, but call them all by name mm -hmm. and call forth the leader. Mm -hmm. um, I was seeing pictures of if you've ever watched Peter Pan. Um, there's a song in Peter Pan where the lost boys are dancing and singing and we're following the leader, the leader, the leader, following the leader wherever he may go. And they're off to fight ones. And I was hearing it and praying over them for, the, for them to follow the leader. We want one leader to rise and them to follow and choose. Um, choose, because it's not over. Friday, it's not over. We have months of contending for the Lord's breakthrough. And we're going to strike the arrows until... So I, I just want to encourage, there's so many things to say. So I want to bring back just a good report to encourage all of you that one of the key things that we could all agree on is that we saw that there really are more with us yeah. than there are against us. And it was a picture of... You know, the Lord just reminding us, you must apply this continually in our everyday lives and where things are at with our nation, because you're not going to get away from media. You're not. It's everywhere. It's all over the place. And there's always going to be a lopsided presentation of the truth. So we must stand in that joy and that victory that there are more with us yeah. than are against us. You know, it's that 80, 20 concept. It's real. It's real. And so the Lord really confirmed that in many different ways. Um, even this morning, you know, you, you hear scripture, you know, you've heard it maybe your whole Christian life. But suddenly, the Lord breathes on it in a way that you're like, whoa, did that just, did, I never saw that. But what are you going to do with this verse? I'm going to ask you. And I'm going to ask all of the uh, doomsday Christians and all the, <laughs> of the increase Come on. of his government and peace, there will be no end. Amen. Okay, what are you going to do with that? <laughs> you cannot pretend it's not there. <laughs> Some, sometimes you just need to drop that, drop a truth bomb, and let it 
let it do its thing. And I think that's kind of what we felt happening. We would declare something. Not, we weren't worked up to try to out-shout anybody. It was the, the authority of God's, we literally were just vessels and we did not, we, we went with, okay, we're going to show up. We're going to be obedient to the Lord. We didn't have a spreadsheet. We didn't have a detailed plan. But you knew when God wasn't looking for that, he was just looking for vessels that were available that could show up. And we represented uh, this house right here. Yes. Because, you know, not everybody can just go up in the middle of the week and do something like that and then come back. And as watchmen, I feel like this is something we can, we can take into our lives every single day on our jobs, in our situations, no matter what it is, you show up and the Lord uses you as a vessel. Yeah. Listen to him. He will give you a scripture. He will give you a word. Just speak it and let that rain down over that situation and we're going to see it change. I would have never, ever thought this whole abortion thing would literally be hinging on this case. It was almost like a secret thing, how the Lord kind of worked in this case to be heard at this time while all the clamor is going on for all these other issues. And, you know, be wise as a serpent. That's biblical. Gentle as a dove. Your gentleness has made me great. And that's the, that's the spirit we came with. The Lord was just, I, I don't know, I just felt like the Lord was smiling. Like, you know, thank you for just being available and coming. So I, I want to encourage you with that. Remember, 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 there are more that are with us than are against us. And I had a couple funny pictures that I, 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 I captured of these uh, media, inter, you know, these journalists that show up and they, they, they literally look like mannequins standing there like waiting for something to happen. Hilarious. <laughs> and, you know, like, oh man, we could do so many memes on this. Uh, it was a, a picture though. They didn't have a story. They, didn't, they couldn't stir something up because they just did yeah. not have it. Yeah. And that was powerful. And then one of the coolest things was as we were wrapping up that day, it was, you know, after, it was late afternoon and the sun was, you know, it was just about the transition time. I, w I wanted to get a picture of the group from the view of, of in front of the Library of Congress. That's the lawn we were actually on. It's a super cool, significant place. I'm sure Nicolas Cage was inside somewhere <laughs> trying to steal something. But uh, as I was looking out, I just snapped a picture and didn't realize that right over that spot, there were these glory rays of like a contrails. I don't know if you guys have that picture, but it was like zeroing in right on the spot where we were at of the glory of God just 
shining out from us. And, you know, I'm just so thankful that the principle is the remnant. God will take, you know, the Gideon, the 300. God is doing that. And be so encouraged in this in this season with all of the noise going on and every single day it's like some cataclysmic news coming always remember there are more with us than Amen. against us so yeah. thank you yes. all of you for your prayers yes. i mean all i all i did was post on my facebook hello scotus and put a little check in you know we're supreme court of the united states I didn't give any details, and then people started populating my page, Richie and others, that saying, we're praying. Jenna declaring the word. Just boom, boom, boom. Didn't have to explain anything, but I'll tell you what, it mattered. The yeah. prayers were felt. Michael's mom from Kentucky, people I know in Florida were just, were with you. They knew. They knew what was about to go down, and... So we, we are going to see the salvation of the Amen. Lord. Amen. Amen. Yes. So I have very bad news for the doomsday Christians. So <laughs> sad. Sorry for you in your cave. But the battle belongs to the Lord. Yes. yes. And he is under the impression that he's God. <laughs> and there, there is, as someone who's been going up to the court over this issue for now decades because I'm not a teenager anymore. Um, it's you go there and I kind of, I've been in so many situations where there was obvious contending. It can feel the powers battling and that, and the battle was won. Yeah. The Lord has answered the prayers of the saints who've been crying out over this scenario for decades since it actually, you know, since this unrighteous evil law um, came into being in our nation and has answered it. And you can feel the answer. And, you know, we don't look to what the court's answer is. We look to the Lord. And going there and seeing, I mean, I went, I went at a certain point, I went over to the court to be in front of the court to go find, just to take some photos of the of the choice groups protesting and that kind of thing. So I went over to this group. Oh, it's a poor pro-life group. Oh, oh my gosh, this is not them. I'll see another group. Okay, go over to that group. Oh, no, this is a pro-life group too. This is a, oh, next group. Oh, this is a pro-life group too. Did anybody <laughs> else come? I don't think so. And, uh, you know, I've been to several things to see how the media manipulates the, you know, 10 people that come for this, you know, godless <laughs> side of things and stacks them in front of each other and then puts on their special lens that makes it look like there's, you know, a hundred thousand people there. And <laughs> it's a, it's a huge manipulation, right? Mo the majority of what you see and hear and watch on TV and the news reports you get is manipulation. You need to realize that it's baloney and you need to wash your mind of all of the mind washing that you've received over the last, you know, 20, 30, 40 years of watching TV news and all that kind of stuff, because it really is not reality. And you go in person and you see that the Lord has, he's trot out his answer. He yeah. has decided where the victory is. And, you know, he's under the impression he's God. But it definitely, you could feel the atmosphere, you could feel the shift. And despite 
what all of the gatekeepers have been telling us and been showing us in media everywhere um, and all of these gates and these places of authority in industry and in politics and government and in education and despite the fact that Christians decided to go and hide in their doomsday caves you know for the last you know 70 years and give all of those seats up to the godless and Baal worshipers you know essentially the Lord has given the victory to his will and to the saints. And, you know, it's just sort of, it's kind of, it's almost surprising. And I, I shouldn't be surprised because I know who Jesus is. But, you know, to see the Lord come through and change things, even from when I was growing up and seeing how the scenario was. And, you know, I went to college and, you know, it's just to see it so different, even though all of the message we're getting is that the culture has shifted and it's all, you know, evil and dark now and everyone, you know, stupid Christians and you know I mean but it's 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 a mind game they're just blowing smoke in your face so that you can't see what is really going on and the victory that the Lord has really yeah. had because um, it's completely different it's it's changed it's turned and the culture has turned the culture has shifted and we get all these messages that the culture is completely godless and thrown out Jesus and doesn't remember who he is and the church needs to do their job and get out there and evangelize and take the power of the Lord out there. But the Lord is getting that victory. And this is why things like corporate prayer and the church in, in this day with power and coming together for things like the watch on Friday night, we're doing the interceding work with the Lord that he has asked us to do as his body, as his hands, as hands and feet. And that prayer actually works. If you want the world to change, you come together with a body of Christians and you pray the Lord's will, and it does change. And this is what we're seeing, despite all of the trickery that's going on to make us think other things, to go and see in person, it's changed. Mm -hmm. This this particular battle has has completely shifted. And um, it's uh, you know just a, an added encouragement for those of you that are attached to this church and this body. It, I was actually reading today in Corinthians, and I had never picked up on this before. So this is interesting. Um, now, some of you, some are puffed up. This is Paul talking to the Corinthians. Now, some are puffed up as though I would not come to you, but I will come to you shortly in the Lord, and I will know not the speech of them which are puffed up, but the power. For the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. What will ye? Shall I come? Sorry, this is King James, you know. The real version of the Bible. Um, <laughs> shameless plug. Thank you. Um, what will ye? Shall I come unto you with a rod or in love and in the spirit of meekness? He's, he's basically, you know, a prepped, a veiled threat. Not that veiled. Saying, I'm going to discipline you if I show up and you have a bunch of words and no power. That's wow. how central the power of the gospel is that Paul was going to come and discipline everybody that was not actually moving in the power of the Lord. Mm. That was just moving in just word and bluster and all this. It's the real stuff. And we say all the time, do the stuff. You know, it's the real stuff. It's fast and pray, move in the Holy Spirit, move in signs and wonders, move in miracles. These are the things of the gospel. 
cast out demons, you know, get people healed. Like these are the things of the gospel. Pray and see the answer. And this is something in the last, you know, several months I've really seen, and Michael and I have spoken about it in the office several times, and Chris, Chris is over there. Um, but that several points, even in this sort of dark and confusing era, several points of prayer that we have focused on in the watch mm-hmm. that have seen these huge battles culturally, literally, they shift the next week. Yeah. And change. I'm like, oh, the school board thing. Yeah. How we went from one week, I mean, we had these masters as overlords over all the children in the United States to brainwash them with this garbage. And we had a nice watch and prayed and prayed with the Lord, obviously what he was calling us to pray. And the momentum the next week, I don't, I don't think that any person that sits on a school board is assuming that they're going to keep their seat on the school board now. I mean, it really, it shifted right before our eyes. And the next week was the same thing. And then the next week is the same thing. And then this abortion thing, I got up there kind of waiting, you know, expecting to contend. And the Lord, you could feel. It's like the glory of the Lord is here. The Lord, the glory of the Lord has answered. So there is a truth to the gospel. You never have to be ashamed of the Lord. You never have to be ashamed of the gospel because the gospel is the truth. And there's power, real power, in the gospel, and the Lord is answering. So that's pretty much, you know, is there anything else you want to be there? Something. It's awesome. But no, thank you. There's, the Lord's got yeah. the victory over this situation, this particular situation, which has been such an evil scourge on the face of humanity. Yes. The yes. Lord has the victory. I remember a couple years ago, a few years ago, Pastor Mahesh had a word of, he basically felt angels taking off somewhere in the universe. And he saw ahead to this eagle army of the angels basically coming. And this moment that is the most, the church has been the most attacked and mm-hmm. blamed and you know oppressed and suppressed over the entire globe. And yet, all of a sudden, we feel this wind of momentum, of the Lord's momentum, and the assistance of angels and everything. This is the moment. This is the hour of the church that we're in right now, of the church with power, which is the church. So be encouraged. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there shall be no end. And the glory of the Lord shall fill the earth as the waters cover the sea. So as we come to a conclusion here, we are grateful. We want to say thanks to Bonnie and the team who went there representing us here and many others who couldn't go there that we will see the fruit of it. Yes. But I would suggest that all of us remember, and we'll try to during the watches also, the names of the nine justices that are going to decide. That's very strategic. We pray that only the Lord's influence will be there. And uh, 
that aspect that Mary mentioned, even the song from Peter Pan, the following the leader, one of the things that happens with the judges as they will be reading all the amicus briefs. There were 80 that were submitted that were pro-life um, reinforcing and, and supporting the argument uh, that the Mississippi case should prevail. One of them includes the testimony of a, a woman that was conceived in vitro. And so she tells this, she challenges the mind, the legal mind of the court in saying that where did my life as a human being begin? Where was the viability? Because I was a frozen embryo. And here I am. She's, uh, I think she's in her late 30s or so now. So um, anyway, so they will be going through all of that. But what typically will happen is one of the justices will come with an opinion that is particularly cohesive and strong, arguing either for or against the upholding of the case that the court has before them. And so pray specifically that, for instance, Justice Thomas might rise forward as the leader with all of his seniority and statesmanship and wisdom and brilliance and influence. Frankly, I think he's the oldest justice on the court now. Um, but there will genuinely t tend, tends to be one of the justices will sort of rise to the forefront as the leader that will further influence a majority in the court. And for you, for me, for us all today, again, I feel like scripture is pointing us, the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. And the angel on that day says to the shepherds, and the angel of the Lord came upon them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. So it wasn't just the angel, but the glory, but backed him up. The presence, the Shekinah glory of the Lord himself. And they were sore afraid. And part of the message I would like to take today for all of us, first thing the angel says, fear not. So that would be a word personally to each of you and for us, to the church. As we go through all kinds of different activities and the media especially telling us, oh, this and that. And then we realize the inflation, how expensive things have gotten from food to gasoline, etc., etc. The Lord would say today, as he said to the shepherds a long time ago, that this is living word for us. Fear not. Because all these COVID things and the mandate and that this is happening in Africa. And the more you look at it, the more you find that's all nonsense. That this is my, the mildest thing. And they're telling, run, run. Because this is all alarming. And now God says, fear not. I believe that's one of the words for you. Do not allow fear to come. There's a scripture in Isaiah 43 that is really assuring in this context where it says, But now thus says the Lord who created you, o Jacob, and he who formed you, o Israel, Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I will call you by your name. You are mine. And when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. Yes. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. 
when you walk through the fire, you shall be not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I gave Egypt for your ransom, Ethiopia and Seba in your place. Since you are precious in my sight, you have been honored. I have loved you, therefore I will give men for you and people for your life. Fear not, for I am with you. Now I will bring your descendants from the east and gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give them up, and to the south, do not keep them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I have created for my glory, I have formed him. Yes, I have made him. This, basically, the angel says, fear not. Secondly, he says, today to us, like he did a long time ago, but today, this is the living word. He says, rejoice. Yes. And it's not just a suggestion, but a command. Set aside and let your children and your grandchildren get the same word that <clears throat> the one who defines it is the Lord. And he's saying, I'm with you. The waters will not overflow you or drown you. And the fire will not burn you because I love you. I've redeemed you. You are precious in my sight. So in this time of COVID, all of this, uh, some artificial, some jacked up by humanity, God says, I am and I will protect you. I'm with you. So therefore, rejoice. And uh, the final thing today, I would say the Lord saying to us in the context of all the glory of the Lord and angels celebrating the birth of Jesus, that the focus, our focus is Jesus and he defi redefines everything. And therefore, what you have done before, but in an ongoing manner, receive Jesus and his word. Receive this babe born in Bethlehem. He is risen, and He is with us. Amen. And so, for all of you here and watching online, if you have never made that personal decision to follow the Lord Jesus, we invite you today to be newly born again, a new creation by your Heavenly Father. We invite you to receive the Lord by faith and the finished work that He has done as a complete exchange for beginning to end of your mortal life and for life eternal through his blood. And if you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit or if you need to be water baptized, any of those things, or if you are in need of hands being laid on you, if you're here in the sanctuary, um, at the end of the service, we will have some folks who will be here ready to pray for you with power. So we invite you. We want to say once again, you know, Pastor Mash, as you mentioned at the beginning of the service we did as a family, we went to listen to the Charlotte Symphony Orchestra and Handel's Messiah. And a couple of things, um, a c two seats over from where we were sitting, there was an elderly gentleman, and as the whole uh, oratorio opened up, 
you could tell that he entered into the music and he sort of went inside and, and it was like he was living. He was literally performing interiorly what was happening there on the stage. And I watched him. It was so powerful that I, I felt a need just to speak to him um, at the intermission. It turned out this gentleman, a local guy in his 80s, and I asked him about it. I said, I, it was obvious that you were at one with the music and with uh, the lyrics, which are all scripture. Uh, I think we should, we should revisit uh, Handel's Messiah next week because in it is the telling of the gospel in such a powerful way. There's so much about its history and stuff that will really inspire and re-enrich your life. The whole writing of it is very supernatural. Yeah. So God set him aside and gave him this idea. So let's, let's revisit the, the it next week and go through it. One of the things that so inspired me, because I was brought up, grew up in a British, uh, as a British citizen, but uh, that when the first time Handel's Messiah was presented, uh, the, the king was there. And when they played the Hallelujah Chorus, he stood up. When the king stands up, you all stand up. So everybody else stood up. And they asked him later, why, why did he stand up? Because he started this whole thing. It happened last night also. That when they hallelujah, hallelujah. It's the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. He says, every knee bows and every tongue confesses. Jesus is Lord. And I am his subject, and I have to re stand up and honor the resurrected Savior. And as, as Pastor Mahesh said, we saw that last night. There was a, there was a, a dynamic uh, shift in the atmosphere. Um, finishing the story about this elderly gentleman, I, and I spoke to him, and it turned out that he actually had been for many, many years a member of that very chorus. And so for him, it was a very special moment. Uh, in a way, it was bittersweet because he said, my hearing is gone and various other things. But he was able to enter into a moment of that rejoicing. It was really precious, really beautiful. And then as, as Pastor mentioned, when they sang the Hallelujah Chorus and the entire audience spontaneously stands up, as is the tradition to do so, and... Uh, the oratorio culminated, the applause, the, you could tell that it's like Ron's word about a second wind. And I can promise you that the people in that auditorium, in hearing the word of the Lord sung at this particular season and time of year, literally everybody got a second wind and that response was pregnant in the atmosphere. A spirit of rejoicing and yes, truly, hallelujah, his dominion shall be from sea to sea. It was, it was really stunning and it was palpable. So I think one of the things that um, for me this morning that to encourage you as Cindy did, as uh, Mary and Sarah, the, as Michael and Armin, we are all encouraging you to be encouraged and I think for me, one of the things is that I am going to be more devoted now until New Year's 
to focus, to accentuate the positive, as it is said, to focus on the joyous things, to focus on the generous things, to focus on the victorious things, and allow that atmosphere to be more pregnant around us of rejoicing. O daughter of Zion, sing, O daughter of Zion, because your, your king is coming to you, and his dominion shall be from sea to sea. Amen. Ever, everlasting dominion. Yep. Amen. So, we're going to sing, but let's bow our heads for a moment. Father, it's such a wondrous time we are allowed to have and enjoy in this free land. May we keep it free. And we thank you, Lord, for the things we discussed today about the Supreme Court deciding and adjusting Roe v. Wade, Lord, that we do acknowledge Jesus is Lord, God the Father is the author of life. We thank you, Father. The angels came 2,000 years ago and said, do not be afraid. For to you is born the Savior, a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes. Bethlehem. Thank you, Lord. This is season, the season to exalt Jesus, our Lord, Master. Be exalted, Lord. And thank you, Father God, for this gift. Thank you, Lord. Mold each of our hearts, Lord, today. May those who need to acknowledge you as Lord and Savior, give the grace, Lord, right now. We thank you, Father. Healing is rising with the resurrected Savior rising, Lord. The Lord of glory is healing everyone that needs a healing touch. Jesus' name, amen. Amen.